the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Four o'clock. Well, six minutes after. And uh, Alan Clark, state senator, uh, will be joining us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want to talk to him about this DHS lawsuit. Because uh, if there's been one person who spent inordinate amount of time dealing with DHS and the problems that DHS has had. Uh, Alan Clark is that man. In fact, here he is. He has walked into the studio. Good to have him. We're going to put you right there in the middle state Senator. How are you? Last time I saw you, you were coming back from long beach. Uh, From long beach and you from Washington, DC. Yeah. (laughs) I said on a very long uh, I'm going to get into how much I was ticked off of Southwest that day. <laughs> My plane broke down on the tarmac, leaving Reagan airport. They ran us to a taxi and drove us to Baltimore. We got on the plane. They did not put our bags on the plane. Hmm. We found out later. We flew from Baltimore to Nashville from Nashville to Dallas, and I waved at Little Rock as I went by. <laughs> they didn't give you a parachute. Huh? And then I, yeah, then I got back on, I sat on the plane for 20 minutes while we waited for the, the state senator to get on. Mm. He got on and about 40 other people, and then we flew to Little Rock. Then I got to Little Rock and my bag wasn't there. Didn't get it till the next day. Mm. It was one of my worst travel experiences ever with Southwest, to be honest. They, they took like 12 or 14 years of travel and any problems you could have and put them all together in one day. <laughs> it was crazy. It yep. was absolutely crazy. At least you got home the same day. Huh? Yeah. Well, so, uh, Senator Alan Clark, what happened today over at the, uh, the Capitol? Anything worth, it's, anything it's, worth rep- it, reporting it, today? Did something happen? Yeah. Did something happen at all? Uh, we passed the, um, DHS budget in the Senate today. Okay. They go to the House next? Goes to the House next. All right. So that means that's uh, is, is that the Medicaid expansion then? The Medicaid expansion is in that budget. Yes. So it got through it got through the Senate then? It did. Okay. With room to spare or just eke through? It just eked through and I was the twenty seventh vote. Oh, you got it. you helped it through. I did. All right. Now I know why you did this all right because i've talked to you about it so why don't you tell the listeners why you made the decision you made and and then i'll i'm going to take the the choker collar off of rd (laughs) 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 questions go ahead i did not know uh, until i was on the floor today Uh, in fact if you'd asked me last night i would have was definitely leaning no but i woke up I don't know, late December, early January, and realized that uh, those who support the Medicaid expansion were two votes short uh, with Central Williams and Central Standridge uh, not there, uh, which is good news. 
Right. Uh, because I would like to stop the program and uh, or at least modify it a great deal. Uh, it's a lot of bad policy. I mean, you can, as I said today on the Senate floor uh, and yesterday speaking to some people, there's no one in that chamber who would not like to help people uh, who truly need help. Uh, and there's no one there who wants to bankrupt this, bankrupt this country. Uh, but the choices, uh, the program has been, um, has been a continuing sore spot and a number of things. You know, as I, as I looked at this, uh, five years, uh, 2013, each year since I have been a leader in trying to stop it. Uh, we've been unsuccessful every time. And, and so I look forward, you know, in chess, you don't just play one move right? or checkers for that matter. You don't play one move, even take tech toe. You don't just play one move if you want to win. And I look forward and, you know, what's the outcome, you know, what changes could I get? Uh, or can we stop it? And the answer to, could we stop it depended on the special elections? Uh, because the fact is that we were, uh, uh, had two special elections going on and another one that would occur much later. It was the two coming up close. Uh, and actually, uh, you know, in the beginning, uh, it appeared that whoever replaced Eddie Joe Williams, and of course it's not really proper for me to speak for them, but I'm pretty transparent, that whichever one of them won would support the budget. And that if uh, Breanne Davis won in Russellville, that she would support the budget. And of course, she was supposed to win, from what I'd heard, easily. So they would have their two votes. Uh, between you and I? election is never easy you know that for well a fact. i was i was at you know i spoke at bob bailey's uh campaign rally last night and, how, how uh, was it very good a lot uh, of people there yes and uh they will uh they've got a great grassroots movement you never know uh how it's going to go but i'm very encouraged and i, I think he would do a fine job nothing against brianne i'm sure she uh is a fine person but i i know that bob will be an independent thinker okay and uh that he's uh, that he'll make his own decisions. And again, I'm not saying she won't. I just, I know those who truly <laughs> don't want Bob and do want her, and they don't necessarily think she'll be an independent thinker. Uh, so anyway, so if it had come down to two votes, uh, because they already had the one, uh, and as of last night, they had the votes. Uh, and And so I said, great. You know that that leaves me out of this, the uh, because once they win these elections, what would they would have to do is just simply not pass the budget, and come back in June, and in the meantime, and I'm fine with you know I, I've been fighting the battle and I'll continue to fight the battle, but I I fight to win, and you know I've got to where, you know I can't watch the news every day. And I'm a pretty emotionally tough guy, and I just can't watch the news every day. When I do, I watch both Fox and CNN, and it's like two different worlds. And it's just so divisive and upsetting. And, That's an and, and And I know it's not all, and I know that it's not all real. I mean, I'm not saying it's not real, but it's not as bad as, as they want to make it sound. And what we would have done for two months here is we would have, a lot of people would have said that DHS was going to shut down. And I would have known better, and you would have known better. But a lot of these disabled people and, and, and so on, they don't know better. They truly, I mean, and they intentionally worry them. And that's not my, it's not my problem overall. But when we're not going to have a different outcome come June and we're going to pay for another session, 
Which again, runs typically how much? I don't know, but it's not cheap. Okay. And again, and, and I'm not against, if there's a purpose, you know, have 10 sessions a year, but not if there's no pur- purpose. Please uh, don't. So, you're, so, you're, so, <laughs> so bottom line is your reasoning was that it's going to pass, and this was to help to avoid a special session. Yes, there was no need to. Now, ha- having said that, it made it easier, uh, the work requirement. Uh, and let me tell you, it's not nearly as tough as I'd like to see it. It's the toughest in the country. Uh, and I have to, uh, I have to, and want to compliment both the Hutchinson administration and the Trump administration, because they're really, I mean, government government is so far from perfect, but it is a true good step. Uh, they've already heard from me all the things. I mean, you know, we've got people that say, well, you shouldn't require people to work eighty hours or volunteer 80 hours a month. And I work 80 hours a week. Why would I not? <laughs> I don't think asking somebody 80 hours is asking too much. And again, and we're, we're talking healthy people, even people without depend. I mean, so th- uh, these are people that, that make above the poverty line. Th- these are people who show no income or, or at least come below that level. But a lot of them show absolutely no income that have no dependents at home are healthy and below 50 years old. And those people, obviously, we're not helping them. I mean, I agree. We're hurting them when we are teaching them, uh, and not just them. The, I hear so much from the twenty-somethings and the thirty-somethings, partly because my kids are that age. Uh, and, but a lot of constituents who are twenty-something and thirty-something, and they are angry that they're working so hard, like we did. They're working so hard and doing all the right things, and they have friends that are making fun of them for doing all the right things because they said, "If you just didn't." Work as many hours if you didn't you do free, all that. You, you would you'd get all this free stuff, and it's just terrible policy that we're setting for this nation and setting for our future. So, so the work requirement is a good first step, but not near enough. But it does help. Uh, it, it it did help. The other thing I looked at is, man, I've been fighting this battle since 2013. There's two, three dozen government programs minimum that I don't agree with, and I'm not voting against the budget to try to kill those programs. Uh, and so I can I can give people a pass coming into the legisla- legislature new. You know, this program's here. It's been here five years. Why Why would I – and I appreciate those who stand against it, but I can understand why somebody who's just as conservative as I am would, would come in and uh, not take that same stand. But I still – you know, I am hopeful uh, that we will have the votes next year uh, to come back – and I don't want to. I don't want to come to a place that we have a binary choice again, and we just have to vote to kill the program. I mean, I didn't want to start the program, but I don't think the correct thing once you have the program is just to put the brakes on, and all of a sudden nobody has any insurance. If you just cap enrollment within two years, seventy percent of the people that are on it will no longer be on it, uh, and that's a much more viable solution. Plus, we do need. We always needed to find those people who are truly needy and truly can't pay for health care. Both those that are that are in poverty and those that we don't call in poverty that are working. I mean, that uh, Linda Collins Smith talked about that today. Gary Stubblefield talked about that on the floor today. We forget those people. We forget those people that are working two jobs that are doing everything they can and don't have health insurance or, or, or it's taking a third of their budget. It's just, in, it's insane. Uh, so, and so I, I've got some sympathy toward that on some level because government has, has inter, intervened so much in the um, medical system that it's it's 
it's cost prohibitive to buy your own health care, not just insurance, but just your own health care. I mean, I have, a, I have a buddy that cut his finger pretty good the other day. Instead of going to the doctor, I helped him fix it up. I mean, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, didn't have painkillers. I used a toothbrush cleaning it out. It was painful. It hurt yeah. when, he, when I was cleaning it up. But he didn't have a whole lot of money. But he couldn't go for free. He, well, I don't know if he could have or not, but he, he wouldn't. No. And, he, um, if, if, he, if, he's, if he doesn't have that, that Medicaid insurance with no deductibles, he yeah. couldn't go for free. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he could have walked in and just walked out and not paid it or not, but he didn't. And so I helped him out. But the thing is, if I had charged him $2, I could have gone to jail for that perhaps. But, but we don't have a system in place that allows people to have any kind of a free market in this medical system. And so he had the option of going to the ER perhaps and maybe spending getting a, a bill for $1,000. Oh, yeah, we, I bet you can't walk in the yard for a thousand dollars. Maybe I'm behind with, the times on that. But we've got less free market in the state of Arkansas than any state in the United States of America. Blue Cross and Blue Shield owns this state. They write the policy. They decide what they're going to pay for most of the time and what they're not going to pay for. Uh, I talk to the nurses and the RNs and the nurse practitioners that deal with the law when it comes down and tries to get people the care they need. They said that Blue Cross and Blue Shield has very much influence in deciding what health care people need. There has been studies out saying that the health care in Arkansas and the health of the people since this has passed is worth one of the less healthy uh, states in the, in the country right now. The health is not good, so we're spending $2 billion a year of federal taxpayers' money. The money. only state in the, in the United States of America that the Blue Cross and Blue Shield stands in between the taxpayer and the people getting the care and writing very much of the policy of who gets what in the middle. And then you've got the situation that they're getting squeezed, and Blue Cross and Blue Shield is not making as much money as they thought they were going to make. They're getting squeezed. I almost feel bad about it. We're getting raped so bad, I thought that maybe somebody's making some money off this deal. (laughs) Blue Cross and Blue Shield's not even making money off of it. So they go and squeeze the local pharmacies to try to recoup some of the money that they're not making. Then they start squeezing the pharmacies, and that's because... This system doesn't work. Yeah, you and, get on the pharmacies to get my blood pressure up. <laughs> so, so the pharmacies are getting squeezed because there's not enough of somebody else's money to go around. So they start squeezing the problem. That. So luckily, you know, I've almost got my business paid for, and I spend seventy four percent. I spend thousands of dollars. I think it's seventy four thousand dollars a year for fifteen employees in insurance. It's up seventy four percent in the last four years. Thank goodness my business is almost paid for, and I will have the decision that if I can leave this state in the next four or five years and go somewhere else where you have the f- more freedom and more opportunity well, to make money than the state of Arkansas. Well, this state senator hopes you don't. <laughs> uh, you're not the only one uh, to uh, to say that, and that's what people don't realize. You can't run off capital. You can't. Uh, you you can't make you know you can try to help people, but if you make your rules too grievous. The people who would be helping them go elsewhere. The, um, you know, on the pharmacist, uh, you know, that just, you know, one of the clear-cut issues, because here we, one, and I'm not going to, I'll let y'all demonize Blue Cross. I won't do that. But uh, I'm sure they do lots of good. But because we came out with a different way, private insurance of taking care of the Medicaid 
population. And the deal was, again, and and we truly thought, the architects of this truly thought <coughs> we'd be able to do it through private insurance cheaper than Medicaid could. We, we're like Fonzie, though. Didn't, didn't happen. but it's, We're like Fonzie. We can't say I'm, I was wrong, wrong. Right, right. <laughs> because we're paying, best I can tell, 40 to 70% more than Medicaid numbers for, for insurance. And so I can't cry for the insurance companies who are getting, maybe it's costing them more, but they're still in there lobbying, wanting to keep it. So I so, can't. So where's this money going to? Is it going to accountants and, and just bureaucrats or what's the deal? I, I don't know, but I do know that that's one of the changes. It, it's not fair to the taxpayer for us in this state to to have a plan that's costing 70% more per person than what it would in Kentucky or or, or name some other state. All right, we got to take a break. Uh, we got to get uh, our commercials in before we get to Fox News. So we're going to do that. While I'm talking about that, uh, State Senator Alan Clark will be with us until 5. 5 o'clock, the Bible guys come on, so... We got a couple more hours to go. Stick around. We got some things that we'll definitely want to talk about. I want to talk to RD for a moment. He is the owner of Sonny's Auto Salvage. And just a few moments ago, 45 minutes maybe, he and I had walked down to get a cup of coffee, come back here to do the show for uh, another couple hours. And I asked him, I said, hey, how much uh, to put a transmission in my 2010 Acadia? Because I can tell there's some problems. And he said he would look, and I told him what it cost me for a one-year parts and labor, 12,000-mile warranty. And he kind of said, I could hear it in his voice, like, you're kidding me, you know, kind of thing. So I told him start looking and see what he could find. He did a transmission on my other car, saved me 700 bucks. I got a three-year, uh, you know, parts and labor, an unlimited mileage uh, warranty on it, and uh, I'm loving it. And I'll tell you what, putting in that transmission and getting a three-year warranty like that on it is a lot cheaper than going out and buying a new car, RD. And, uh, you know, you guys do a, a fair and a, and a very professional job. Well, I love what I do because what I get to do is is take a wrecked car and uh, that was working good every day and take parts off of it and save people money and allow people to fix their cars that can't afford to buy a new one. So. We're in the business of helping people. I can't buy a new one, RD. All right, right. Well, you fit in that category. We're, we're in the we're in the business of helping people that can't afford a new car, and we offer three year unlimited mileage on it. So you feel confident that if you spend that money, that you're going to get the service out of your right. car that you need is going to get you back and forth to work. So, you know, I've got a great job. I, I get to take a, pro, a byproduct of society, recycle it. And help people get back and forth to work in a way that they and can make afford. a living off and make of a it. living off of it. It's capitalism. I can define capitalism. I'm all a lot of politicians that. can't define it, but I know yeah. how to define it. Well, if you really want to help talk to somebody who can't define it, talk to former Senator Blanche Lincoln. Blanche Lincoln, because I watched her on my show like a deer in the headlights when I asked her to tell me what was capitalism, and she couldn't do it. Just tell well, you, so we are not it. government subsidized at Sonny's Auto Salvage. We work hard to save you money and, and uh, give you the best warranty available, and 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 uh, and make a good living for our employees, and pay taxes, and help support the state of Arkansas. This is a guy, you know. A lot of people don't know he's got the mechanics and everybody that can install everything we've been talking about. What's the phone number for people to call? Oh, five zero one nine eight two seven four five one. 
or 1-800-482-9985. There you go. That's Sonny's Auto Salvage, number one choice for recycled auto parts. Know that I use them, so should you. All right, we continue. we got a half hour left with uh, State Senator Alan Clark. He's in studio. Uh, if you've always been wondering what he looks like, this is your opportunity. We're on Facebook Live, as we always do every day now. So go to uh, facebook.com slash Dave Ellswick show and you can watch it. We got 4k, uh, uh, cameras in here and I'm just telling you, all right, you might want to look, work on that wrinkle around your eye. <laughs> Is that right? I want to turn around and get my good side <laughs> face of the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it better when it's just radio. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of everything. So anyway, I, I want to ask the state Senator this, it, it there's, a lot of states that are doing different things and unique things. And Idaho, I believe, is one of them that's doing some unique stuff. Uh, the governor there told their insurance commissioner, Alan Kerr, you know, ours, to work with the insurance groups in the state to offer lower cost insurance. Maybe not ACA approved, but they would get the insurance cleared and they've been able to reduce the cost of insurance exponentially. I mean, hugely. I mean, you can actually just sell a catastrophic policy to a young person or whatever. Kind of like what I have. Would do you think the governor would take something like that and might run with it? You know, Dave, I hope so. Uh, the, uh, I have confidence that we have the governor and others really want to do the right thing. And, you know, I've been so busy with the new Child Welfare Legislative Oversight Committee and the Water Task Force and other things uh, that I really was that had not heard about the Idaho thing till this past week. And uh, Senator Stubblefield uh, was in a meeting where he asked some questions about it. Oh, uh, cool! And so uh, people are thinking about Senator it. Senator Raper, yeah, we Good. were at, we actually were fortunate to be in a meeting with Administrator. Uh, uh, I don't know what her name was, but she came down to announce the uh, that we had gotten the waiver. To work. So we were talking to her about, and uh, and Idaho came up a couple of times. And that's one of the, uh, and for policy folks, one of the negatives about doing things federally is you take out, uh, you take away the ability to, for the, to have all the states come up with the, with the very best ideas that they can come up with. 50 laboratories. And, and so, I mean, you can look back and compliment the people who came up with, with the private option, even though I disagreed with it. And then come back and say, okay, but that didn't work as well as we hoped it would. And then go Not over and say, close. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, you, but in business, you know, you try some things. They were creative. You, you, try you some- can't ever penalize for somebody being creative and trying something different. The only difference in business, like me you and you in business, if it comes up and costs 40 to 70% more than what we were doing you before, stop. we stop it. We, or we change it drastically. You but you can't, pen, you can't, you can't go against somebody <laughs> trying something new. I agree with and you. And that's there. one of the, and that was one of the wonderful things about talking to the Trump administration yesterday. They are, and why I just turned CNN and Fox even off because the really positive things that are happening and the really positive things happening in that administration are just lost in all the screaming and shouting, and they are very much friendly toward free enterprise and toward. And toward the things like are happening in Idaho and and so on, and I, I'm very interested in what's happening there and anywhere that somebody's doing something better than what we're doing. It. Yeah. I I still have a policy from pre Obamacare, and I I think I, it's still gone up some, and I, but I think it's still just about a thousand dollars a year for for a catastrophic policy. 
A thousand dollars a year. That's what no. I'm talking about. But, but why can't other people buy something like that? What am- what amazes me, and this is good news. You know, a lot of times I get amazed in a bad way. But what amazes me <laughs> is that they left. Uh, Jan and I used to be uh, part of. I can't remember Christian something like a MetaShare type. One thing. of the MetaShare type things, and <clears throat> and we loved that because. We're healthy people. We don't get sick very often and been very blessed in our health, and I think we'll continue to be. But we knew that money was going to help somebody else every month. And it amazed me that with all the bad things in Obamacare that they left that alone. We only left that, actually, R.D., because we didn't uh, – our employees and our, and our small business, we did not have enough back then to have health insurance except Jana and I go in at a much higher cost than what we were paying so that they would have health insurance. And that's one of the things that's gripped me about this argument for over a decade, maybe two, is they'd come on TV and say, well, but small businesses aren't insuring people. And, like, you know, I was, yeah, with, wrong. I was with Ace Hardware, and we could buy, you know, people think of Ace for service and not price, but we could buy as well as Home Depot could, as well as Lowe's could, et cetera, except for one thing, health insurance. Because you can't buy it across state lines. And so you, mm-hmm. here you had 5,000 dealers, but you couldn't buy it together. Mm-hmm. And I know because I would have employees or potential employees come from Home Depot or Lowe's or even the Garland County or the City of Hot Springs, and I, I'm an inquisitive guy. They would ask about my health insurance, and I would ask, what do you pay and what's the deal? And so I knew we were paying 30 to 40% more just because we were small business, and then they'd come back and point their fingers at us and say, well, small business and insurance people. Well, you made it impossible to insure people. So, uh, well, again, I hope in this administration, I hope we make lots of progress because there's so many things that have been done wrong or undone for decades that causes these, what did you say, 74% in four yeah, years? Yeah, mine's up 74% in four years. And then and then this PBM thing, that was just, I mean, you're talking about raising your blood pressure. That And, and I know this, it wasn't all this way, but I don't care, just one is bad enough, you know, that that somebody is collecting $138 and then paying the pharmacist $18 and his cost is uh, 85. Yeah. And, and you're like, that's socialism at its best. And, and yet, well, no, that's, that's big business. Tyranny G- is, government what, right. <laughs> Fascism? is what that is. <laughs> and the, and with no recourse. Uh, and then you've got these small towns, you know, Sheridan's just outside my district, but you have Sheridan and Malvern, which is the heart of my district. And who need these local pharmacies? I mean, you need someplace, and you need people need to go. And we're just squeezing them out. We're just putting them out of business. And we're, and of course, that's not the only place we're doing that to small business. But we, there, that is one place we can do something about it because it's it is absolute tyranny. It absolutely has to stop. So, what kind of what are you expecting? Real quick, and then what are you expecting in the special session? You know, it would seem to me that the the big boys are going to pull out the guns on this and. They're not worried about the small pharmacies. If it gets on the call, and I think it will, uh, the votes are there. Okay, so, good. So, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, there was some concern that, that, they, that there are people that would come back and try to scuttle it. Uh, I have heard assurances uh, as late as last night that that will not happen. So if, not, if it does... We will we will have our next royal. There will fight, be a royal fight. rumble. It, it won't it won't stop. I mean that and the hog farm I think are two of the most unconscionable things 
And when I say the hog farm, it's not the hog farm's existence. It is that a small business depended on the state of Arkansas regulations and did would have stood on their head. If you've met these people stood on their head and counted to a thousand, if you asked them to, and they did everything they were supposed to invested all this money. And then we come back and don't stand by them. And beyond that, not only do we not stand by them, we're telling everybody at hundreds of square miles that grew up on, if you know what, if you, if you have family that's been in your property and a place that's meant something to you for two, three, four generations, and then told you can't make a living. That's just insane. And that's what the extremists, the extremists, they come back and, and talk about the Buffalo for them. It, it, you know, they don't want us, they don't want us, you know, being around any stream. My, you know, our cows that are on our Creek on our property will be a problem too. You just, you just wait and see. Go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to say you two are making the comments about, uh, why the pharmacies are getting squeezed and why so many changes. The problem is, with Obamacare right now is you're running out of somebody else's money to pay for it. <laughs> Barack Obama cut the subsidies to subsidize the insurance company, cut it. And Arkansas is the only state, as I said, as I told you, that pays the 40 to 70 percent more to have the Blue Cross and Blue Shield in between the taxpayer and the person that gets the care. So we're the only ones that's paying that 40 or 70 percent more because somebody was creative. But if you have these policies to where that you can't inflate my insurance and you can't inflate my neighbor's insurance. You don't have any way to pay for the free insurance for the people that are getting for free. So the reason we pay 74% more in Arkansas is because we still have to have people that we provide free insurance to. So we still have to have a way to get somebody else's money to pay for the people that we're providing it for. But but let's go back to and talk about, because it's so easy just to be on one side of an argument. But one of the reasons that people and fellow legislators were on the other side of this Medicaid expansion argument was one of the terrible things that Obamacare did is it acted like rural states, red states, that if you lived out in the you lived out in the country, you didn't matter. And so our reimbursement rates to hospitals, what we did there, and so one of the reasons that we've had this this huge fight is that we truly would have caused hospitals to close. And so. And one of the reasons, and part of the dirty secret on this insurance, is that we're is that we're subsidizing our hospitals uh, at, at at insurance rates versus Medicaid rates. One of the other things, of course, <laughs> is we're taxing that insurance. So so you're getting you got that right. So we're you're taxing. Double, double dipping. Yeah, yeah, we're double dipping, and we, and that was part of the plan. So so we're getting forty to sixty million. I don't remember the exact numbers into our state budget. And of course, and if we stop the insurance. Then all of a sudden we've got forty, sixty million that we got to figure out. Are we going to take it out of highways? We're going to take it out. Education? Take it out of DHS. So, They've raised it one hundred and twenty-five million a year. So as most things with our government, the argument's not as clean. As, but but when you come down to it, big government is the problem. Right. Uh, we, we, you you mess up the system with with bad policy, and you keep adding more bad policy. And at some point, it's like, where do we? fix this because there's so many problems but no it's it's how much bad more bad policy can we get approved? yeah 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 we, we always fix we, we we fix bad policy bad government policy with more bad government yeah, policy. exactly sort, sort right of like, sort of like you get get on met, one medication to, to fix a but, some little problem and you just keep getting but, more medication but although i've always voted the other way this thing about rural hospitals is real uh that is the one of the good things that's come out of it is we've kept those hospitals open where we might not have all right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Senator Alan Clark is with us. Why don't you introduce everybody to the lady who's standing in the corner? Because they probably think that's a mannequin that I have here in my studio. 
if they if they can see her, and I assume they can. Well, they, they can when yeah. well, we, well, we got to put can. the camera. Yeah, th- this is my wife, Jana. Without her, there she is. Uh, <laughs> I could not I could not serve the seventy eighty hours a week that I put in. I mean, she does all the things that men traditionally do, and, and Jana, I'm being sexist, but. Uh, like mow, I'm being honest, okay. Like mowing the yard and getting the vehicle serviced and all those things. Mm-hmm. If she didn't take care of those things, uh, all the things that people are so thankful that we do wouldn't get done. You'd be sitting on the side of the road. And if she was not fully supported, because this is uh, this is uh, uh, this is a job that if your spouse is not uh, fully supportive, you just could not do. All right, a break, and we'll come back for more here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. But don't forget Lewis Family. <coughs> beef we want to talk about local businesses here in the state this is a great one they're out in greenbrier they have the ranch there they raise their cattle there they're born there they're raised on that ranch uh they don't inject antibiotics into them unless they absolutely have to and then if they do uh they take them out of the uh, the buy uh, category and you can't buy that cow uh to consume it they also don't fill up their cattle with hormones clean beef for your family Free delivery anywhere in central Arkansas. They sell a quarter, a half, or a whole cow to you. The packing house gives you a call, sets up how you want it all cut. I mean, do you want a four-inch steak or do you want a one-and-a-half-inch steak? Uh, they'll, t- they'll, t- they'll figure it out for you. And then uh, when it's all packed up and wrapped, they'll call Lewis Family Beef, and they'll deliver it right to your home absolutely free. Uh, you give Cody or Sarah a call at 501 514 1494, that's 501-514-1494, or visit their Facebook. they got pictures there. They'll answer any questions that you have. Facebook.com, Lewis Family Beef, and like I've said many a time, I've eaten their beef, I've eaten their hamburger, their steaks, their, uh, you know, their rump roast. I've had all of that. I can tell you this, their beef, hands down, beats anything you buy at a big box store. You won't believe the beef tastes that good. We'll be back with more in a moment. All right, we've got, uh, oh, about six minutes left of this hour. The Bible guys are in the wings. They'll be ready to join us uh, after the 5 o'clock news, and they'll be here to answer any questions that you might have. If you can't, you know, call because you're at work or whatever, uh, you can email us uh, at... uh, Bible guys at SalemLR.com. And that will come directly to me and I'll have uh, your email uh, right in front of me to ask, you know, Scott and, uh, and Steve, uh, the state Senator is with us. State Senator, of course, is Alan Clark and, uh, Alan, uh, I mean, how long do you think it's going to take to do this special session? Are you feeling good about it? I don't have any feelings about it. I, you know, I had one thing that I wanted to take up there that got shot down, and I think very incorrectly so. Uh, but uh, I, I think we'll be there three days. I, uh, best guess is next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe Friday. And uh, uh, got a, some very important issues like the uh, the pharmacist. Uh, I would have very much liked to have had the uh, uh, school choice uh, I think it's important that we deal honestly with people. And in a, we barely got the public school choice bill passed, and it was Johnny Key's bill. Uh, but I was one of the first important things that I worked on when I got here, and I feel very strongly about school choice. And we wouldn't have got it through except I've got a 3% cap 
placed in it. And the 3% cap was so that those who were afraid of school choice, who thought there were going to be masses leaving, knew that they couldn't lose over 3% of their kids a year. Mm-hmm. Much to my chagrin in September, in fact, I had a superintendent that I just wanted to tell him how dumb he was because he didn't know what he was talking about. It turned out I was the dummy. <laughs> uh, is that there? there is no 3% cap. We put 3% cap in, but we came up with this convoluted language, and I missed it, uh, that said siblings count as one. And that's not what it's supposed to say. <laughs> but in other words, every family counts as one. Well, there's no way you can do math with numerators and denominators that that makes sense, apples and oranges. <laughs> so there is no 3% cap. And I want to go forward with school choice. I, very, I think there's much more we need to do with school choice, but I think the first thing we have to do is deal honestly and come back and make that language correction immediately uh, because we cannot expect people to deal with us if they can't trust us. Well, that uh, should be a no-brainer, shouldn't it? I, that's what I thought. I, I thought, and I had, in fact, I knew I would have the signatures on the Senate side because we, we have to get signatures to show that we've got enough support to put something on the, uh, and felt like we could probably get it on the House side. And then while I was out in Long Beach, uh, I, some people came back and shot it down. And what I was very angry about is they come back and said, well, the language wasn't right. Well, if they just have a problem with the language, Paul, they give you a fix for the language. <laughs> As so, opposed but to- when they just want to kill it, they tell you the language is not right. No, okay. And uh, so anyway, I, I'm, I am determined. I know they're listening. I am determined that we will get this fixed, and I am very upset because these are friends of mine. It's one thing. It's one thing when people on the other side uh, let these kind of things happen, but you know, I wasn't asking for much. Just that we fix this technical uh, language. I even thought we could have done it during this fiscal session. Let me say one more thing. Okay. You know, I've known Paul for years, and he's okay. always been clean cut. And I guess what did he do when he found out y'all were going to do the Facebook TV thing? Yeah. He grew this beard. <laughs> yeah. He's my Old Testament prophet. <laughs> I've had a beard ever since I've known you, I think. I is, was, it, is it just I, a little bit longer today? I, and I'm just, I'm just being funny. Paul. Been, I was going to no, make people I, think you'd been clean cut all these no, years. No, no, no. I, I, I have a question. What about Jason Rapert's uh, piece of legislation about 529s? Will that be taken up? I think that's going through in this session. Okay. I, I, think, he, I think he got that through in special language. Unless I'm, I know that uh, some of those who oppose school choice uh, – we're very unhappy about that, but I was but, thinking I heard it got killed, but I hope it didn't. Well, I hope it didn't uh, because you know it it matches federal. Uh, if you're willing, to, if you're going to put the money aside in that account, you ought to be able to decide how to spend it. And if you want to spend it for K through twelve versus college or for both, you should be able to do that. I, I agree. That's your money uh, for, crying out, state for, cry, money. for crying out loud. You're saving the state tons of money by taking your kids out of public school and putting them in private school. I mean, why would anybody argue with you having that's, a little bit of a, a little bit of a tax break? Because they are against school choice. Yeah. And like I said, I, when, I, when I make it's, a deal with them, I want to honor my side. But I want to, I want to know, I'm going to come back and I'm going to do everything I can to let parents decide what ought to happen with their families. Well, protectionism yeah. for, that, for that's get, big like, government schools. That's Medicaid expansion math. If we take <laughs> 70,000 people off, we're going to save the taxpayers a ton of money. But if we kill it, it'll bankrupt the state. Now, when you figure it, out the it, math on that, let me know. Right. So on some level, you, you've, you've got government agencies that, that that want the money that come with the headcount, I think. And so so it, what ends up, they're, they're not there to, to save the taxpayers' money. They're there to keep their jobs, I'm afraid. Uh, in too many uh, cases. Again, too uh, that 
that is just a, a simple fairness bill and it needs to be done yeah i appreciate you senator thank you very much for coming in on very i'm just saying really <coughs> short notice i was talking to him about thursday and he says uh time today and i said four o'clock he says i'll be there thanks for coming thanks in. for having me dude. appreciate it all right fox news is next then the bible guys three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells the explosive new documentary flynn Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver for the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.